This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. I'm going to begin by reading you a quote from Jim Cimbala. He is a senior pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle in Brooklyn, New York. And he writes, Does the Bible ever say anywhere from Genesis to Revelation, my house shall be called a house of preaching? Does it ever say my house should be called a house of music? Of course not. The Bible does say my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. Preaching, music, the reading of the word, these things are fine. I believe in and I practice all of them in our church services, but they must never overtake prayer as a defining mark of God's dwelling, his church. The honest truth is that I have seen God do more in people's lives during 10 minutes of real prayer than in 10 of my sermons. And I'm all with him. And in counseling, when I'm working with people, I see God doing amazing work and breaking strongholds, and a lot of that has to do with prayer and inviting him into it. And and so if you've been listening to this broadcast or reading my newsletters for any period of time, you know that I'm big on prayer, and I love what Jim has to say. And in their church services, they'll break people up to share and to pray for each other. I love that, and that's exactly what I do when I go and travel, when I go and speak in churches, I'll ask the senior pastor, um, can I break your people up towards the end for about, you know, a good 15 minutes because they can share and so they can share and pray with each other. And normally they say yes. I don't think I've ever had one say no. And and um, it's always a blessing to those who partake in it. There are a few who kind of sit there with their arms crossed <clears throat> and they just don't want to go anywhere, you know, with that. Because to them, church is only about the teaching. But as he said, you know, what did we see in, G- in Isaiah 56, 7, and that Jesus confirmed when he was here with us, my church shall be a house of prayer for all nations. And <clears throat> prayer is our most powerful weapon. And the evidence of that is how the enemy reacts when we begin to pray. So reading the word doesn't take a whole lot of energy, but as soon as you hit your knees and fervent prayer, that's where the work comes in. That's where you have to invest yourself emotionally and spiritually and go after God. And and that can also trigger the warfare too. And sometimes when we're praying, all these nutty thoughts start 
crossing our mind and the enemy is trying to do anything he can to cause distractions to get us off that course. Just last week, I did an email newsletter that was heavy duty on prayer and actually quoted Jim Symbol a couple times. And what we do is we take our the newsletter and then we post it on the blog on Blazing Grace or on RogueChristian.com. And we also post it on Facebook. And, of course, with Facebook, you get instant reactions with people. You don't quite get – you don't get that on a blog, not so much on the email newsletter. But <clears throat> so we got so far – over 500 responses on that article I wrote on prayer. And it was really heavy duty saying that, man, we have to fire up our churches with prayer and challenging churches to have prayer meetings going seven days a week and challenging believers to make prayer a priority. That was all part of it. And, and so a lot of response, which tells me a lot of people are hungry for more on prayer, not just to know about it, but to know how to do it and to jump into it. And I do get people who ask me, how do you pray? And sometimes they've been in churches, you know, in church for decades, so it kind of stuns me. And But the other thing that came out of this last post on prayer this week is they just came out of the woodwork attacking it. What I mean is people were coming and they were posting pictures and memes cursing god cursing the church saying prayer is a joke and obviously they're not believers when at that point when they're doing that and I, and I know that the enemy is behind that cuz why would you take the time to curse something as harmless to someone else as prayer i mean when we're praying for somebody we're not usually we're not often speaking out loud <clears throat> even and and so what's the big deal? And the only thing you can come up with is that the enemy does not want Christians on their knees praying. You know the old saying, if you throw a rock down a dark alley and someone screams, you know you hit something? Well, there was a lot of screaming going on, and it's been going on every single day this week, where we've had to clean up posts that are vile and angry and and just – Things I don't even want to repeat here. So, but I want to, before I get much further, I'm going to be changing course a little bit, but I want to remind you that if you're struggling with porn addiction or sex addiction or got a marriage that needs to heal from adultery, we offer support groups by Zoom. We offer an eight-week course and a 10-week course for wives that are very highly structured and you're paired up with another man or wife during the week to work assignments with every week. And the people who make their way through these courses, um, quite a few see their lives and their marriages change. It's an ongoing process of healing, but what we have in these courses is really meant to move people towards healing. And, and we offer counseling, individual counseling, couples counseling, both by Zoom meeting and in-person in my office in Santan Valley and also in Tim Peterson's offices in Arkansas. And then I offer a From Porn to Grace conference. 
So that is a one-day conference that typically runs from around 10 to 3, and I usually do them on a Saturday, although <clears throat> sometimes I do do them, do them if the church or the organization wants during the week. It just depends on what the host wants. And those are very powerful, and if you ever think about hosting one, let us know. This is a great way to provide help for people in your church and in your community. And we also have a new couples course where we'll take a couple. Uh, it's an eight-week course, and you meet with Tim Peterson by Zoom meeting once a week. There are assignments that are given, and this will be a great blessing for those of you who might be stuck in your marriage, especially when it comes to the issues of porn addiction or adultery. And there's a lot in there about helping you with communication and rebuilding trust and boundaries and healing the wounds and so much more. So please reach out to us. I know there's quite a few people who listen in or subscribe to the emails, but um, some people just kind of lay there in the weeds and are slowly dying. (laughs) You're not going to be able to heal and recover in isolation or alone. It just does not work. I mean, I would love to say it did, but it doesn't work. So if you're in need of help, don't wait anymore. Um, Reach out. Contact information is given at the end of the broadcast. And the website, for a quick reference, is blazinggrace.org. So now I want to – I'm going to kind of read through 2 Timothy chapter 4 and riff off some of what Paul wrote here. And he's writing to Timothy and he's at the end of his life. And so in verse 1 of chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, he begins, I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus – who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, rebuke, reprove, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions." And when I read that, I immediately thought of the seeker-friendly movement where they have been changing the messages Sunday morning to make them appropriate – or not appropriate, that's not good – attractive to unbelievers. So they just nailed it right there in that verse that they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their passions. I don't want to be repru- reproved rebuked or exhorted. I just want to be here that God loves me and has a wonderful plan for my life and I want to park there. I don't want to be confronted of my sin and holiness is a big deal to God. So we need sharp messages in some contexts in our churches today. We need to challenge people. And then moving on, we'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths And as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering. Those verses about, we run into about enduring suffering, I have to confess to you that (laughs) I often would rather just kind of glaze over those verses, you know, Paul talks in Philippians about that that I may know Jesus and the 
power of his res- resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I really kind of s- want to skip over that fellowship of his sufferings part. But in the dark times we have today, it's very critical to understand that we have to be prepared for that. We have to be prepared for times of suffering. We have to be geared up for it. We have to be on our knees in prayer. And we can't just take a casual attitude towards God. He has to be the source of our life. Do the work of an evangelist, he continues to Timothy. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Paul's at the end of his life, and tradition tells us that he was beheaded in Rome. And life is short, and we don't want to be pouring our lives into things that aren't going to matter, aren't going to count for eternity. And Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Fought the good fight. Warfare, spiritual warfare. Man, I just see it everywhere right now. And not just all over the news, but people I know. I keep hearing stories about youth. And it makes me want to just ball my eyes out where I talked to a couple recently where their son, they invited him to church. And the son just said, um, no offense, mom and dad, but I'm not interested. I mean, those type of things just break your heart because that has eternal consequences if he keeps going that way. And I know that couple very well, and I know they're praying for him. And and we have to be engaged with our youth especially, and we have to train up and equip our people and our youth, adults and youth, in the art of being an overcomer in spiritual warfare and this time of the year during the holidays coming up thanksgiving and christmas this is typically a a time of the year when we see a lot of marriages in particular under intense assault um, with division and strife and fighting and so you need to be aware that not every thought that comes through your mind is yours and there's if it's something that's against Scripture and it's coming again and again and again, chances are very high that the enemy is throwing something at you and he's trying to get you to bite on it. So if you're getting bombarded with thoughts of fear or doubt or anxiety or resentment or hatred or bitterness, <clears throat> anything like that, then you need to take up your authority in Christ and shut it down. And so warfare, this time of the year, is intense warfare. You may not hear this message very often at churches this time of the year because all we talk about often is the baby in the manger, but Herod also slaughtered a bunch of youth. So the enemy is not going to be backing down during this time of the year, so you have to have your game up. And couples especially, you're going to be praying together once a day, every day. And as I mentioned with youth, we've got to be praying for youth and equipping them in the battles they're fighting. And then Paul continues, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica in love with this present world. I'm assuming by now a lot of you have seen 
the pictures or heard about the sphere that is in was just recently opened in Las Vegas. It's this big, I don't know, three hundred three or four hundred foot tall and wide sphere or ball that's in an entertainment extravaganza parked in the middle near the strip <clears throat> and there's LED I don't know what the word TV LED TV monitors or it's it's circular so I don't know how to describe it but it's like a one big giant ball of a TV screen and then inside and out and it's from what I've seen and the pictures I've seen it's an extravaganza and when I and I know some people have you know driven out there to go see it and it's a really big deal right now and when I saw that recently the word that came to my mind was god of entertainment and you're talking about the Las Vegas strip so that's what it is entertainment in sin city right and so we have to be careful demis in love with this present world that we do not give ourselves to the God of entertainment. A lot of people are undoubtedly are using entertainment to try to distract themselves from all the trauma in the news. And that's about all entertainment can do is distract you. It will not fulfill you. It will not give you peace. It will not give you love. There's only one source for that. That's the fountain of life with the Lord God himself. But Often when I speak, sometimes I'll challenge believers to spend an hour a day in prayer, but the average believer will spend 900 hours a year watching TV, another 900 hours a year in social media, another 700 plus hours a year in entertainment. So the average American will spend 2,500 hours a year in entertainment. And many Christians will say, I don't have time for an hour of prayer. And, and that is... You're on the wrong course if if you're really that enmeshed in entertainment. And you can fall in love with this present world and the messages of this world with that. And then he says, Paul continues, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all the parchments. And then Paul writes, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will pay him according to his, deed, to his deeds. This may have been the same Alexander in 1 Timothy 1, 18-20, where it's written, This charge I entrust you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, spiritual warfare again, holding faith in a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that may, they may learn not to blaspheme. So if this is the same Alexander, we know since he was a coppersmith that he was a metal worker. Before he evidently somehow came to faith, he may have made idols. And then it sounds like he shipwrecked his faith, meaning that he fell away and then became an adversary 
to Paul and the church. And that this is what we're living in right now these days where people are walking away from the church and then blaspheming it or just shrugging their shoulders and say, ah, I didn't need that. And this looks a lot to me like we're in the time of the great falling away with everything that's going on. So there has to be some sort of urgency from our pulpits and in our prayer closets that, God, I need you. God, don't let me drift. And it's the drift that is the danger. And in Hebrews, we're warned, we're warned about not drifting away from the faith that we've been given. And it is a very dangerous risk. And this all adds up to, or all adds up with what I was just talking about with entertainment. It's so easy to get choked up in that stuff. And the next thing you know, you have no prayer life and you're living in your flesh and there's no fruit in your life. And if you're not careful, the heart will start to go hard before long. And then you can be very vulnerable to falling into various types of sin, whether it's sexual sin or gluttony or allowing bitterness to take over or workaholism, or, or whatever it is, you have to be very careful today that we stay close to God, that we have a strong prayer life with him, and we have to warn people, be careful. And this has to come from the pulpit, too. It amazes me how rarely I've heard this mentioned. I, hear, I see a lot of prophecy, you know, talk about Jesus coming soon, but if you go read Matthew 24... There was no rapture mentioned, and what he gave us was to endure until the end. Those are the ones who will be saved, enduring to the end. So we have to live like that, that we are going to endure and we are going to prepare ourselves for suffering, and that has to be part of our mindset. Sunday Christianity will not get it done these days. There's just no way. You can't passively... um, Treat God as just another entertainment option. And then um, Paul continues in Second Timothy, Beware of him yourself, Alexander, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first events, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against him. And when I think of that, I think of fear. And Paul needed or would have liked to have had at least some support with what he was going through with the attack, and they took off on him. They bailed on him. And whatever, what other reason could there be? It's not because they're too busy. And fear is a big... The, the enemy attacks a lot with fear. Fear of the things that are coming upon us, fear of circumstances, fear of loss of income and a lot of people are being challenged this way and so we have to stay close to God for his strength and for his wisdom because there will be times when we're all on our own but he can still provide everything that we need and then Paul continues but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. And I'm going to continue with Matthew 24, verse 34. Watch yourselves, let your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, the day when Jesus comes. It will come upon all who dwell on the whole earth. But stay awake at all times. And here it is, praying that you may have strength. Praying for strength. Stay on your knees. God can provide all you need, no matter where you are, to escape all these things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. So, as we're winding up, I want to ask you to consider to support us financially. I've been doing a lot of, I think I supported maybe the, the donations we had last year, 70% of them were came from me, but I'm not able to continue to keep doing that. So I'm not very good at asking for money, but I'm asking if you believe in what we do to consider funding us, supporting us financially. We are a nonprofit 501c3 ministry, and you can go to the website at blazinggrace.org to support us. So thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.